Well, it's good to be with you tonight, and uh, I, uh, I, I do appreciate our little Rosedale reunion that we're having here, and uh, it has been a blessing, and uh, I do appreciate uh, Pastor Jim Montoro, Dr. Jim Montoro, amen. Uh, I like the fact that um, he, uh, he has been, the Bible says that iron sharpeneth iron, uh, so a friend sharpeneth the countenance of his friend. Uh, he has been one that has sharpened me. And uh, I, I know that uh, there will be times in your church and in your ministry that there will be strong personalities. And uh, Pastor Montoro and Pastor Morales are strong personalities, amen. Uh, and Miss Leslie and my wife can attest to the fact that it was two strong personalities on a staff of a church in Baltimore that didn't always agree, didn't always see eye to eye, but we both loved people. Uh, we both wanted to do something for the kingdom of God. Uh, and he helped me, and I hope and pray that I helped him some, uh, helped, helped him grow some extra gray hairs, amen. Uh, I, I'm, I find it very interesting that he's 51 years old, and he looks the exact same way that he did when I first met him, however many years ago it was. Uh, here, I've gained pounds, I've gained gray hair, you know, I got all kinds of stuff going on, and he looks exactly the same. Uh, must be that gym, that gym thing that, you know, going to the gym and exercise, I should probably try that, amen. Um, uh, I do appreciate uh, Pastor Lejeune, and uh, you'll, uh, you'll, you'll, you'll be blessed by having him as your pastor. And I encourage you to get behind him uh, as a pastor coming from, I'll tell you where I'm from, okay? We, we grew up in Baltimore, my wife and I, we, uh, we met in Baltimore. I originally was born in Puerto Rico, and so I am Puerto Rican, and you'll forgive me for that, I hope. Uh, amen. Uh, needless to say, I was raised in Baltimore. I spent a few years in New York City, uh, and I choose to try to forget those years. Amen. Uh, those were years that were not so interesting to me. But nonetheless, the Lord used all of those things in my life to, to make me the person that I am today. And uh, we right now, we are in, we were at Rosedale Baptist Church for about 16 years. I was on staff there for about nine of those 16 years. I uh, was on staff together with uh, Pastor Montoro and even uh, Pastor Lejeune, like he said, he was on staff as well. And a good friend, uh, Justin DeRosa, uh, Brother DeRosa, as, as I uh, uh, referred to him. And uh, we had a great time there. Uh, there was a synergy that was taking place in that church. There was just, it was an era that I hope and pray that White Oak Baptist Church can capture it. I hope and pray that First Baptist Church of Parishville can capture it. I hope and pray that Pioneer Valley Baptist Church uh, can capture it. I hope every church in America that's preaching the truth of the Word of God can capture uh, what we had going on. It was a great thing. I mean, it was... Uh, we look back at those days very fondly. Uh, we look back at those days and say, glory to God, what a great thing he did there. And he's still continuing to do, not only there, uh, but in different ministries as we, ha- as we have gone to different areas uh, of the country. Now, uh, we are in Parrishville, New York. Has anyone here ever heard, except for you people that know that where we're from, have you ever heard, before you knew of us, have you ever heard of Parrishville, New York? Okay, I didn't think so. I hadn't either. Uh, and so, if you get... Let's see, if you get on 90 east, at some point you can catch 90 uh, heading east towards Buffalo, New York. If you get on 90 east, uh, when, you hit, when you get close to Syracuse, you get on 81 north. You get on 81 north, uh, you go about to a, a, a town called Watertown, and then you're really far, that's about an hour and a half north of Syracuse. Uh, you, you jump on U.S. 11. You get on U.S. 11 and you, and you drive for about an hour and 45 minutes. And then you get to uh, basically the middle of nowhere. You're in Parishville. Amen? That's where it is. It's the, basically the middle of nowhere uh, up in, in super upstate New York. We consider it uh, southern Canada. That's basically where we are. Uh, we are on a foreign mission field for the most part. Uh, it is rural. It is country. It is farmers. It is cows and everything that goes along with it. Uh, and it is different for me and my wife. It is different than what we grew up in and what we're used to. Uh, but we thank the Lord for him putting us there, uh, and we're grateful to be used of the Lord in any capacity, in any place. Now, uh, I like how Pastor Lejeune uh, described me have, as having no education. <laughs> Amen? I think I graduated kindergarten at some point. <laughs> I'm not sure, uh, but nonetheless, you know what he means. Uh, I come to you as a person that uh, got saved at 18 years old, uh, started attending Rosedale Baptist Church, and I knew nothing from nothing. I had never gone to church. I had never, uh, as a matter of fact, I stepped foot in church twice growing up as a kid. Uh, one was for a funeral and one was for a wedding. That was it. Those are the only times I ever stepped foot in the church. 
and I knew nothing of God, I knew nothing of the Bible, I knew nothing of Christianity, I knew nothing about any of those things. And I sat in the pew and I heard preaching and, and it stirred my heart. Uh, I sat in the pew and I heard people sing specials. Man, it, 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 it moved me. I sat in the pew week after week after week and Sunday after Sunday and Wednesday. And if the preacher said that thus saith the Lord, I said, okay, if that's what God says I need to do, then I need to do that. Uh, the preacher would say, we need to go soul winning. I said, okay, I have no idea how to do that. Uh, but if you say I got to do it, then I'll figure it out. Uh, the preacher would say, hey, we need to attend faithfully. I said, I don't know how to necessarily make that happen, but because uh, Sundays I always slept in. Amen. Uh, those of us that were saved uh, at a later age, we slept in. And I, I knew nothing about getting up early on Sundays. And so I said, but if the preacher says that that's what God says I need to do, I'm going to do that. Uh, and little by little, I just submitted myself to the Lord. I worked a secular job and I served the Lord in my local church. That's what I did. Uh, we did that for many years. Uh, we raised four girls, and uh, we did the best that we could to uh, rear them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. But eventually the Lord saw, uh, he sees in an individual the desire to please him. Uh, and when God sees a, a person following the little bit of light that they have, uh, the Lord increases that light. And I'll be honest with you, if God had told me on November 28th, 1993, the day I trusted Christ as my Savior. If he had told me then, uh, eventually, Pedro, you'll be pastoring a church in Parrishville, New York. I guarantee you I would have done a 180 and ran in the other direction. Uh, are you all with me? And so all I'm saying is I, we're just regular people serving a very great and big God. Any of us that are here, any of us that are in any church around our country and our world that has a desire to serve the Lord, you can do it. It can be done. Uh, Pastor Montoro said it. Uh, if you want to do something bad enough, you'll, you'll figure out a way. Uh, I have a saying that's very similar to that. I say, if it's important enough, we'll find a way. And if it's not important, we'll find an excuse. And so tonight and the next couple of days, uh, let's find a way. Uh, let's find a way to serve God. Let's find a way uh, to reach people. Let's find a way to uh, teach the Bible. And, and it, listen, I, I don't have any formal training. Uh, this is all from uh, blood, sweat, tears of me just working hard and just trying to submit to the Lord. And that's how it works. That's how it works. Um, I got a text message just before we started the, uh, the sessions this evening. There's a lady in our church. Uh, her name is Lori Knowles. Lori Knowles, when we were candidating for that church there, uh, we were at one of the uh, deacons' house for, for lunch. And uh, the wife of that deacon was a, uh, a caretaker for Lori Knowles' children. And so she came to pick her children up, and we met her. That was the first time we had met her. Uh, she's the first person that we reached when we went to Parrishville, New York. Uh, Lori Knowles holds a special place in our heart, uh, and I'm sure we hold a special place in her heart. Uh, she sent me a text message. Her grandfather of 98 years old, uh, he was on his deathbed. Uh, he was about ready to pass, and uh, she says tonight that he, that he passed and he went on into eternity. Uh, we're not 100% sure if he was or wasn't saved. <clears throat> excuse me, was or wasn't saved. Uh, I had witnessed to him. Others had witnessed to him before I uh, arrived there. She witnessed to him, and uh, we think that he may have trusted Christ, but we're not 100% sure. And so if you don't mind indulging me for just a second, if we could just have a quick word of prayer for Miss Lori Knowles and her family. Would you all mind if we do that? Can we do that? Let's pray for them uh, right now if we can. All right, if you will, take your Bibles and turn to Proverbs chapter number 27. Thank you for indulging me there just a minute. And uh, Proverbs chapter number 27, we're going to look at one verse. We are going to uh, switch over to a couple of different passages. But Proverbs chapter 27, <clears throat> and uh, I, I really enjoy uh, the friendship I have with your pastor. Uh, he's an encouragement to me. I hope that uh, in some small way I've been an encouragement to him. And uh, my wife and I both taught in the school there at, that, that his dad started at Rosedale Baptist Church. And uh, we say that we didn't really teach. You know, we were, it was an ACE curriculum, and so we were just kind of monitors. And I remember him asking me for help with uh, chemistry. You remember us trying to figure that chemistry out? Oh, man, he'd come over to our house, and both of us have racking our brains trying to figure out the chemistry formulas and all that sort of thing. And, and you know, uh, once in a while we were able to get one right, you know, and so we were, we were, it, was a, it was a small victory, you know, we were excited. Uh, but those are the times that I remember. Uh, I remember Miss Angela, Miss Angela working in the Spanish ministry at Rosedale Baptist Church. Uh, she worked uh, as, a, as an assistant helping me and, uh, to a certain degree for a certain amount of time. And she was a blessing. She corrected all the Spanish words that I got wrong. Amen. Uh, praise the Lord for that. And so uh, we appreciate them. And it's good to meet the, the children. We hadn't had a chance to meet the children. And so I'm glad that Matthew is a Ravens fan. Praise God. Amen. Raising them right. Praise the Lord. Whatever. Anyway, all right. Proverbs 27. Look at verse 23, if you will. 
Be thou diligent to know the state of thy flocks and look well to thy herds. There's more to teaching than just teaching. There's more to teaching. I have, I have folks in our church, uh, we have one adult Sunday school class. We just recently started a widow's class. Uh, we have a singles class, sort of. Uh, <laughs> there's not a whole lot going on there. Uh, then we have our teen class, and of course we have our children's classes. So we don't have a whole lot. Uh, our church averages about 65 uh, generally uh, on Sunday mornings. Uh, once in a while we'll spike up, and once in a while we'll spike down. Uh, but nonetheless, that's, that's what we're running in a rural area. Um, but I say this, that unfortunately what I see in a lot of places, and even in our home church to a certain extent, is people, they get a curriculum. You know, the, the pastor orders them a curriculum, or the Sunday school super, superintendent orders them a curriculum, and they get their curriculum. Uh, and they come in, and, and they come in Sunday morning, and, okay, here's my curriculum, here's my lesson, I'm ready to teach. And they teach, whomever's there. And then they have a word of prayer, they may have some, some prayer requests, and, uh, and, and that's it. They close their curriculum, they have a word of prayer, and they dismiss, and that's it. That's all they do. Now, I'm not saying that that's all they do all the time, but on uh, usually, most of the time, that's all they do, is they get their curriculum, they stand before a, a, a group of people, and they teach a lesson. Most of the time, it's a good lesson. Most of the time, it's, it's, it's great. It's, uh, it's chock full of information. It's chock full of Bible truths, and that's helpful. But there's more to teaching than just teaching. Are y'all with me? There's more to it than just what happens on Sunday morning at, is it 9.30? Y'all have Sunday school? 9.45? There's more to that hour than just that hour. Uh, I learned a, a really long time ago, uh, and, and to be honest with you, Pastor Montoro was one of those men uh, in my life that influenced me, that helped me to learn this, that there's more to it than just getting up and teaching. Uh, there's more to it. There's prayer. Uh, there's preparation, there's study, uh, there's follow-up, uh, there's, there's, as Pastor Lejeune has mentioned, uh, we must show the people that we care about them rather than just on Sunday morning at 9.45. If you're going to impact people for eternity, you must think of them more than just a, a student or a pupil in the class. You must think of them as your friend. You must think of them as your, your, your confidant, someone that's close to you. You must think of them as we're looking here in Proverbs 27. You must think of them as part of your flock. You see, if you're, if you're a teacher in any capacity, uh, you are an extension of your pastor. Uh, your pastor is, is an extension of the Lord. Uh, the Lord is the shepherd of the sheep. Uh, the pastor is the under shepherd. And those of you that have classes or those of you that have groups that you influence, uh, you're the, the under shepherd under the under shepherd. And so you're an extension of the Lord. That's uh, the pastor. That's an extension of the Lord. That is your flock. Those are your sheep. And as we saw in Nehemiah, we must take ownership of that. Uh, we must understand that if this this group of sheep is going to be cared for, I have to do it. If it is going to be, it is up to me. Listen, I'm not very talented. Uh, I'm not very uh, uh, eloquent. Uh, I'm not very uh, educated, as we already stated very uh, uh, clearly. Uh, Listen, there's not a whole lot that I can do, but I do have a physical body. I do have uh, 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 decent health. I do have a a, a phone. I do have a prayer closet. I do have things that I can do to bless people, to encourage people, to help people. And if I can do those things, let me tell you something. If you can do, if you can pray, if you can love on, if you can call, if you can visit, if you can follow up. Listen, people will join in on what you're doing. I guarantee you. I guarantee you. I I watched uh, being uh, the the, the fellow uh, pastor, uh, uh, Tim Lejeune, uh, who's your pastor's dad, uh, he graduated from House Anderson uh, College. Uh, pastor Jim Montour graduated from House Anderson College. I was the third assistant pastor hired on, uh, and I graduated from Patterson High School. Amen? Uh, and <laughs> that was it. Uh, to this day, that's about as much education as I have. Uh, we've, I've taken some correspondence courses, whatever. Needless to say, listen, that, I came in being the guy from the pew coming on the platform. Being the guy that basically knew nothing... And listen, I'm not, I'm not downgrading that. I'm just saying God can use, you know what my pastor, our pastor, our former pastor, Pastor Tool said to me when he came to me and asked me, he says, I want you to come on staff. 
I said, uh, yeah, I don't think so. I'm not the right guy. He said, no, 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 I, I want you on staff. I need you on staff, blah, blah, blah. He tried to talk me into it. I said, no, I, I don't think so. I don't think so. Well, he, said, he said this. He says, Pedro, if God can use Balaam's donkey, then he can use you. I said, well, I guess if you put it that way, then I qualify. Are, are you all with me? Are you, you understanding what I'm getting at? It's not about us. He does the work. We just got to be willing. It's we're the glove. God puts his hand in the glove. He does the work. But we got to let him work through us. See, what we do is we say, well, no, I can't and I'm not qualified and I just don't have the time and I got to work. And I got and, and listen, we never allow God to put his hand in the, in, in the glove of our life. And we accomplish nothing for the Lord. Now, listen, we're not here about saying, well, you got to reach 120. We're not saying you got to reach 250. We're not saying you got to reach 50. We're just saying love on people. Love on people. Help your pastor to love on the people of this greater area of Stratford, uh, Shelton, whatever the area. Listen, help your pastor love on these people. I guarantee you, you will make an impact. You will poke holes in the darkness in this area as you help your pastor love on people. How do you do that? Okay, we need to be shepherds. If, if you're teaching, whether it's the, whether it's the pre-primary, the primary, uh, whether it's the, the pre-teen, uh, the teen, whether it's the singles department, whether it's the young couples, whether it's the middle-aged couples, whether it's the, the older folks, uh, whether it's the ladies class, listen, whatever, whether it's a bus route, uh, if you're uh, over people, you're a shepherd. You're a shepherd to those people. Uh, they are your sheep. You are to care for them. You are to feed them. You are to be there for them. Listen, yes, that's the job of the pastor, absolutely, but he can only reach so many people by himself. He can only help so many people by himself. He can only go to so many uh, ball games and so many hospital visits and so many uh, people's uh, children's uh, events. He can only do so much. We must help him out. That's how this that's how this thing works. Uh, it's not a matter of the pastor doing everything. It's a matter of the pastor empowering, encouraging all of us to get involved in the work of God. Every last one of us. Now, um, there are many responsibilities that a shepherd has. OK, uh, in Bible times, a shepherd, OK, uh, they would wear a cotton tunic. Okay, and, and, and this will be one of those times I have an object illustration, amen? I have a, I have a tunic up here with, with that, with that leather belt going around, and uh, he would carry with him a, a script. Uh, that script was like a pouch where he would carry in that pouch, uh, some dried fruit or some snacks, or, uh, he would also have a sling, and he would use that sling to, uh, of course, ward off any, any predators or, or any, or any, any threats on, to the, uh, to the sheep. Uh, he would also use that if he had good aim, which most of them did. Uh, if there was a wandering sheep, he'd take that sling and he, and he'd throw a rock, and he could fell that rock, I mean, just right there in front of the nose of that wandering sheep and startle them back into the fold. Uh, so he had a script. He had that tunic. Uh, he had the, the, uh, the, the slingshot. Uh, he had a rod or a, or a club that he would use in, in close uh, hand-to-hand combat. If there was a wolf coming, he had to, you know, the, beat that wolf away or whatever had to, had to take place. He had the, the rod. He also had a staff. Uh, that staff, most of which, not all, had that, that crook uh, at the top, we've seen them, five, between five to seven feet long, that staff. And, and he would use that to, to, to hook the sheep, to bring them back into the fold. And uh, he used all these different uh, things that he had to do the job of a shepherd. Listen, he would have a horn of oil. Uh, he would take that oil and he would apply it to uh, the, the heads of the, the sheep. And if there were wounds, he would apply that oil. Uh, and then if, if they would butt heads, that, that oil was used to, to kind of soften the blow. And it was also used as an insect repellent. And so that, 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 that horn of oil was used for different things to bless the sheep, to help the sheep, to, 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 to take care of the sheep. Uh, he also, not all of them, but some of them would have a, a musical instrument. Uh, we know uh, the sweet psalmist of Israel. We know David uh, when he was keeping the sheep. Uh, David was a musical guy. He, had, he could play the harp. Probably he had a harp with him or some sort of instrument uh, to soothe and to, to refresh the sheep. Blessing the sheep. Helping the sheep. Uh, inc- caring for the sheep. Encouraging the sheep. Uh, watching over the sheep. Uh, protecting the sheep. That's our jobs. That's not just the job of the pastor. That's the job of every single. Listen, there's more to teaching than getting up and teaching. You with me? There's more to it than that. 
There's way more to it than that. We have to understand that because if all we do is we study all week and we get up on Sunday and we teach, that's great. Praise the Lord if you do that. Uh, praise God for you filling that spot. But if, if that's all you do, you're limiting not only your potential, you're limiting the potential of that group that you're shepherding. And at the same time, you're limiting the potential of White Oak Baptist Church. Are, are you all with me so far? The job of the shepherd, care for, protect, uh, 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 pr- pr- uh, provide for, feed uh, the sheep. How do you shepherd your flock? Number one, okay, write this down. We see the shepherd provides for the sheep. The shepherd provides for the sheep. In Isaiah chapter 40, verse number 11, the Bible says, He shall feed his flock like a shepherd. He shall gather the lambs with his arm and carry them in his bosom and shall gently lead those that are with young. The pastor is the main under-shepherd, but you that are teachers, you that are group leaders, you're also under-shepherds. You're you're also to provide for. You're also uh, to teach. You're also to feed. What do we feed them? We feed them the Word of God. We teach the Bible. Uh, We teach them the biblical principles. We give them biblical knowledge. By the way, if you're a group leader, if you're a Sunday school teacher, uh, you're over people and you're a shepherd... Guess what? They're going to ask you questions at times. You with me? There's been times, I'm sure Pastor Montour has been there, where I'm thinking, uh, I have no idea what the answer is to that question. You know, I'm scratching my head because, you know, I don't know what that is. But you know what? Let me go look it up. Let me go see if I can find an answer for you. You know how that helps your pastor? You know, if everyone that sat in the pews at White Oak Baptist Church went to the pastor and said, Pastor, this, I got this question, I got this question, he would be inundated. Uh, it's just too much. We need teachers to say, hey, I'll help you. Hey, let me let me share with you some scriptural knowledge. Let me give you some spiritual uh, truth and some doctrinal answers. Be there to help them, feed them, teach them. It's your responsibility. Uh, help them with, with spiritual knowledge. By the way, uh, you're going to have to search for that knowledge at times. First uh, Chronicles 4.39 says, And they went to the entrance of Gedor, even unto the east side of the uh, valley, to seek pasture, to seek Pasture for their flocks. There's going to be times where you're going to have to seek for some answers for, for, to feed your flock. You're going to have to dig. You're going to have to study. You're going to have, to, I, uh, everything was, you know, digital and computerized. I mean, man, I would have books all over the table, commentary here and, and, and even thesauruses over there and, 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 uh, uh, what's that thing called where you look up the words, uh, uh concordance. I got it. Amen. <laughs> concordance over here. Sometimes I, I just ask for some help, okay? Anyway, uh, so concordance here and commentaries over there and, and this over there. Man, I, all spread all over the table, man. And I'd be, I'd be racking my brain trying to figure out, Lord, what are you saying here so I can communicate it to your people? Uh, Lord, what does this passage mean? What is this passage teaching me so I can give it to the people? Hey, it, it takes work. It's hard work to be a teacher. It's easy just to get up and teach a lesson. Absolutely, yeah, easy. No, no big deal. For the most part, yeah, it's easy. But listen, there's more to teaching than just teaching. Uh, you need to make sure that you study. By the way, we've, we've heard it mentioned, uh, don't just study on Saturday night. Studying for imparting biblical truths to people, it needs to be a, a part of your life. It needs to be something that, man, you're thinking, uh, read books, man. Uh, uh, grow yourself. Uh, learn. Uh, be willing to, to listen to good godly preaching and sound doctrinal preaching and, and be just, uh, have it all around you as much as you possibly can. Uh, I remember even, even this weekend, you know, I, I brought a book that, that just, uh, just got in the mail and I was reading it in the, uh, hotel room the other night and I thought, man, this would make a great illustration of prayer when you're backed in a corner when, and, and so I said, man, I need to highlight this so I can share this with our church. Listen, that's what you need to be doing. You need to be having those kinds of moments throughout your week and not just cramming everything on Saturday night and, and then getting up on Sunday morning and saying, okay, here's what I got for you. And it just listed out and just blow it out like a, like an Uzi gun. You know what I mean? I like that. You like that sound? I got sound effects even. All right. So, <laughs> I'm a goofball, right? right? So listen, it needs to be more than just Sunday night or, or Saturday night. It needs to be more than that. Uh, we need to feed them, and we need to be studying in order to do that. Now, by the way, make sure you understand, uh, you as a teacher are not the one to break new ground. I'm trying to help your pastor here, okay? 
and, 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 and it's a blessing to me. And it was a rule. I remember uh, Pastor Montoro knows this is a rule for us. You don't break new ground. The pastor is the one that breaks new ground. And listen, we're not to teach. You ever seen people who just think they got a corner on the market of all Bible knowledge? <laughs> they know it all. They know stuff that God doesn't even know. Are y'all with me? <laughs> I mean, they're finding stuff in Scripture that God didn't even mean to be there. Uh, are y'all with me? Uh, and so some people are like that. They say, oh, wait till I tell you the truth. Man, check this out. Look right here. And, and let's not be that teacher. Let's not be that one that says, well, I know pastor doesn't believe this, but, 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 but. Are y'all with me tonight? Let's make sure we're not doing that. Don't, don't cut out your pastor's legs from under him. Hey, let him be the one to start new material and, 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 and break new ground and let him be the one. He's the one that's going to be accountable for it. He's the one that will stand before God. Don't be that teacher. But nonetheless, study, study, study to feed your sheep. Number two, not only does the shepherd provide, he feeds the sheep. The shepherd also protects the sheep. He protects the sheep. Uh, letter A under point number two, he protects them from devilish attacks. He protects them from devilish attacks. Okay, let's turn to John chapter number 10, if you will. John chapter 10, and we're going to probably spend the rest of the time in John chapter number 10. Uh, he protects them from devilish attacks. John chapter number 10, look at verse 1. <clears throat> verse 1 says, John 10, verse 1. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that entereth not by the door into the sheepfold, but climbeth up some other way, the same is a, what's the next word? All right, let's, let's do that together, all six of us, amen? Uh, the, the same is a, what's the next word? Thief. He's a thief and a robber. Uh, back in Bible times, when these shepherds who wore the tunic and they had the script and the sling and the rod and the staff and all those things, uh, there, there would be times where they would uh, lead their flock out to greener pastures uh, if you're like me, you live in a city, okay, uh, a city, there's not a whole lot of grass around here. Well, sometimes you have to go a little bit further out where there's, there's, there's better grass, nicer grass, greener grass. And so they would do that. Uh, and, and at times they would make a sheet fold out of brush. They would make a fold to keep them in. Uh, they'd spend the night there. Uh, the, 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 uh, the, the shepherd himself uh, would be uh, right there at the opening of that sheet fold. He would be the door of the sheet fold. Uh, there were times when uh, there would be several uh, shepherds that would take both of their flocks out to greener pastures and, uh, and they would bring them back. And uh, several times, uh, even in the city, uh, if they weren't out in greener pastures, they would share a communal sheepfold for more than just one flock of sheep. Uh, and this communal sheepfold would be made out of uh, stone that was, you know, five to seven feet high. And again, uh, the doorway, there was no doorway. There was uh, one of the shepherds out of those several different sh- shepherds. They would uh, pick, hey, oh, you're going to be the porter tonight. You're going to be the, the watchman tonight. You're going to be the door. You'll protect the sheep. And he would lay across that door. He himself would be the door, the protector, the watchman of the sheep. Now, in those communal, and even in the, 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 uh, the country type, the greener pasture type brush made sheepfold, sometimes there would be, uh, thefts that would happen. Uh, it would be a two-man operation. Two guys would get together and say, hey, we're gonna go, uh, rob some sheep from those shepherds over there at that communal sheepfold, and, and one would climb over the wall, and, and he would, unfortunately, <laughs> slit the throat of about four or five, uh, sheep, and he'd toss them over the wall to his buddy, and, uh, listen, uh, this, that's, that happens, uh, that happens to the shepherd, sometimes that happens to the shepherd of God's flock also. Uh, you'll have, you'll have, uh, uh, uh another church or, or, or someone at work or, uh, another, uh, uh, person that knows some, some, uh, uh, unscriptural doctrine and say, hey, well, you know, what they're teaching you over there at the Baptist church, that's not right, let me show you over here, and they'll try to steal your sheep. Hey, you need to be careful. Uh, you need to be protective of your sheep. Not, not to the point where you're, you're lording over them, but to the point where you know what's going on. Uh, you're on top of it. Uh, you're there to try to help them. A good shepherd will do whatever is necessary to keep his sheep safe. And listen, the, the best thing you can do is teach doctrinal, scriptural, I mean, fundamental teaching that's the way you're going to combat all that stuff that's out there that's, that's not scriptural, uh, that's way off topic, that's way off base from, from the Bible. Uh, teach the word of God. Okay, look at verse number 6 of John chapter 10. Verse number 6. 
This parable spake Jesus unto them, but they understood not what things they were which he spake unto them. Then said Jesus unto them again, Verily, verily, I say unto you, I am the door. I am the door of the sheep. All that ever came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not hear them. I am the door. By me, if any man enter in, he shall be saved and shall go in and out and find pasture. The thief cometh not but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. I am come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd giveth his life for the sheep. You see, uh, you, you know, in Mark chapter 4, when, when the Lord gives that parable of the, the seed and, and the, uh, uh, the, the seed and the soil, the seed and the soil, uh, there are some that fell on, on good ground, some that fell on thorny ground, some that fell on uh, a wayside ground. Uh, he said about that wayside ground, the, the seed that fell on the wayside ground, uh, he says, immediately, immediate, Satan cometh immediately and tries to pluck up that which was planted. Immediately. Uh, you know, there's going to be people that you're working on, that you're trying to disciple, that you're trying to follow up on, that you're trying to shepherd, that you're trying to teach. The devil's going to come and he's going to try to snatch up that seed. He's going to come. He's going to try to take that that sheep from you. Uh, he's going to try to uh, steer that sheep in the wrong direction. Listen, it's your job. It's your job. It's the pastor's job. Yes, but it's your job delegated to you from the pastor to help that sheep go in the right direction. Listen, he's not the only one that should be giving uh, a teaching and, and biblical knowledge and, and, and imparting a Bible truth to the people of White Oak Baptist Church. And needs to be other people involved in that also. Are you all with me tonight? Uh, are you still with me? I didn't lose anybody, right? You still good? So, listen, I remember uh, back in Rosedale when uh, Pastor Tool was the senior pastor, still is, and uh, Pastor uh, Montoro was there. He was the, the first assistant pastor, and Pastor Lejeune, his dad, was uh, the se- uh, third, uh, second assistant pastor, and then myself. And I can remember, man, uh, he'd have people in his office that he was counseling, and, and Pastor Lejeune had people in his office that he was counseling, and Pastor Tool had people in his office that he was counseling, and I had people in my office that I was counseling, and, and he's doing weddings, and I'm doing weddings, and, and his dad's doing uh, 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 different events, and, and he's doing funerals, and I'm doing listen it was all of us as a team working together to feed to care for to provide for those sheep that's how it has to be it cannot be listen this is not a one-man show it is a one god show absolutely but it's not a one-man show are you with me you need to help them out you need to do your part if it's important enough you'll find a way and if it's not important you'll find an excuse Pastor Lejeune told you about how when I first started teaching, by the way, my pastor came to me, uh, and I'll tell you the story. How much time I got? Amen. All right. Praise the Lord. All right. Uh, and this is not in my notes, but this is, this is, this is important. Because when I first went to Rosedale Baptist Church, I, again, I was a new Christian, didn't know nothing from nothing, uh, and I was there. I just kind of showed up and sat, and I took in. And that's what a new Christian should be, that's all they should be doing is taking in. But eventually, after a while, you take in, and God wants you to give it out. That's why you're here tonight. That's why you're here at this conference. Needless to say, uh, Mike McCubbin uh, and Luciano Cano. Mike McCubbin and Luciano Cano taught a 7th and 8th grade boys class. And at that time, I did nothing. Uh, I, I went to church and I went home. I went to church and I went home. So needless to say, Mike McCubbin was in a horrific car accident. He was in a car accident. He was laid up for months. So Bill McCubbin, his brother, who was the Sunday school superintendent, uh, came to me. Uh, and his bright idea, he says, okay, well, Luciano Cano was Mike's helper. Now Mike's injured. He can't teach. So Luciano Cano is going to teach. Luciano Cano is Mexican. He's Hispanic. And so I would like to ask you, Pedro Morales, a Hispanic, to help him. I said, oh, aren't you bright, man? You're just a, you're, man, your, your light is just shining all over the place here, Mr. Bill. Anyway, so I said, oh, I said, listen, I don't know nothing. I, I can't teach. Uh, I'm not the guy, you know, don't, don't ask me. He says, oh, no, 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 no. I don't, I don't want you to teach. He says, I just want you to be the helper. I said, what's that mean? What, what, what does the helper do? He said, oh, you're just crowd control. You know, you kind of help with games and you kind of keep the kids calm. I said, oh, yeah, easy. I can do that. Yeah, sure. I can do that. Absolutely. And so I started helping Luciano Cop, uh, in the seventh and eighth grade boys class. And so, you know what happened? In- inevitably, Luciano Cano had to miss. I said, bless God. So when Luciano Cano had to miss, guess who had to teach? <laughs> I had to teach. So I was scared to death. I didn't know what I was doing. I fumbled through it. And, and, and you know, eventually, Luciano, you know, of course, he came back. And we were teaching both of us together. And eventually, I started to get kind of decent at it and started to enjoy it. And uh, after a while, Luciano Cano went to do something else, and I became the teacher there, and, and about a year into this, 
Just when I'm starting to figure out how to do it, just when I'm starting to get comfortable, our pastor comes up to me and says, well, uh, Brother Pedro, I would like you to consider teaching an adult class. And I'm telling you, I can remember this like it was yesterday. And I said, Pastor, come on, I'm just trying, I'm just now figuring out how to teach these boys. I'm just starting to enjoy this. I'm just starting to have fun. He says, yeah, but I really would like you to try. And I said, well, I, I don't really feel like I'm the guy. I don't think I can do this. And he says, well, I, I'll tell you what, I'll make a deal with you. He says, if you try this and you, you go for about a month or two and it doesn't work, you can go back to teaching the boys class. I said, OK, I'm in. So I gave it a shot. And, you know, I stumbled. I struggled. I worked. I sweated. I labored. I mean, it was difficult for me. And so about a year later, we had some success, some success. Uh, we had seen the class grow from nothing to about 30 or 40 or somewhere, somewhere near 50. I can't remember what it was. And uh, he comes to me, and that's when he asked me to come on staff. And that's when he called me a donkey and all that sort of thing. But nonetheless, um, uh, listen, it's we got to be willing. If we want to do it, we got to try. And so as he asked me to teach the adult class, I had no idea how to do it. So I got that set of cassettes at the time. It was cassette tapes, and uh, it was it was entitled... How to build an adult Sunday school class. See, I'm very dumb. I'm not very bright. Okay, so I need to be very simple. I need the cookies to be on the bottom shelf so I can grab them. Plus, I'm not very tall. Anyway, so, uh, so I'm just trying to make you smile. Amen. Uh, I don't want that uh, Pioneer Valley Baptist nod. You know what I mean? We want, <laughs> I get some of those at our church, too. I'm like, come on, say something. Amen. Anyway, so I got this set of cassettes, about nine cassettes. Well, I can't remember. And I literally, I literally was driving down 95 South going to work. Steering with my knee, tape in the tape deck, uh, notepad in hand, and pen in the other hand, and I'm taking notes. Going down 95. And I say all that. Now, it was chicken scratch. I could hardly read what I wrote, but I I figured it out. I say all that to say, if we want to do it bad enough, we'll figure it out. Now, praise the Lord that I didn't get killed. You know, I didn't die in a car accident. Uh, But listen, we had to do what we had to do. And if that's what I had to do, then I was willing to do that. I remember on my breaks at the warehouse where I was working. I remember, you know, okay, uh, I, I got to send this person a letter. I got to send that person a card. I got to do this. I got to do that. I got to do that. And I would call my sister, my sister who had her own business at home. I said, hey, uh, Kathy, I need you to type this letter, type this letter, type this and do this. And, okay, I got to go, got to go, got to go. And I go back to work. And I was doing this day in, day out, day in. Day out. I mean, lunch break, I'm making phone calls. Hey, send this person this letter. And send this person. And then she would call me back. Hey, is this what you wanted to say? Yeah, I wanted to say that. And, and it was day in and day out, day in and day out. Listen, there's more to teaching than teaching. Are you with me? There's way more to teaching. To be honest with you, the teaching part is not the most important part. Albeit, you need to make sure you focus on it. You need to make sure you're prepared. You need to make sure it's doctrinally sound. Uh, you need to make sure it's exciting. But that's not the most important part. The most important part is all you do leading up to Sunday at 9.45. You see, the Lord Jesus said, I'm the shepherd on duty. I'm going to take responsibility. I'm going to protect my sheep. I'm going to provide for my sheep. You need to do the same. You need to do the same. Uh, provide for the sheep. Uh, protect the sheep from devilish attacks. Let her be. Let her be. Uh, also protect the sheep from doctrine that is alien. From doctrine that is alien. Uh, look at John chapter 10. Look at verse number 2. Verse number 2. But he that entereth in by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the porter openeth, and the sheep hear, look at what it says here, hear his voice. And he calleth his own sheep by name and leadeth them out. And when he putteth forth his own sheep, he goeth before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. Remember, this is talking about the Lord Jesus Christ. He's the shepherd. All right, look at it. Verse 4. Uh, verse 5, rather. And a stranger will they not follow, but will flee from him, for they know not the voice of strangers. Listen, we as teachers, we as under shepherds, uh, we need to be pointing them not to our voice, not to anyone else's voice. Whose voice do we need to be pointing them to? The Lord Jesus Christ. The Lord Jesus Christ, who is the incarnate Word of God. We need to make sure that uh, people that come to our classes, people that attend the, the places where we teach and where we speak, listen, they recognize truth instantly. And they recognize error instantly. Because we've been teaching them the Word of God over and over, systematically. 
day in, week in, week out, year in, year out. Uh, listen, I, we must teach the word of God so the, the Christian, the sheep, recognize his voice. Uh, they know when someone's teaching right. They know when someone's preaching wrong. They know it because they've heard the word of God taught to them at White Oak Baptist Church. That needs to be a priority. It needs to be a priority. Those shepherds that would have that communal sh- uh, sheepfold and uh, that uh, stone walls and uh, that one shepherd would stay over the night and protect them. Uh, the other shepherds would come in the morning uh, and all the sheep were just in there in this communal uh, sheepfold. How would they know which one was theirs? Each shepherd had a specific call or a specific voice. The sheep recognized their shepherd. They went straight to him. They went straight to him. Listen, we need to have our sheep. Uh, they need to know the voice of God, the voice of the Holy Spirit, because we're helping tune their hearts to his word. We need to make sure that we're doing that. Uh, we protect the sheep from devilish attacks, uh, from doctrine that is alien, letter C, from disciples that are apathetic. From disciples that are apathetic. John chapter number 10, look at verse number 12. But he that is in hireling, he that is in hireling and not the shepherd, whose own the sheep are not, seeth the wolf coming, and leaveth the sheep and fleeth, and the wolf catcheth them, and scattereth the sheep. The hireling fleeth, because he is in hireling, and careth not for the sheep. I am the good shepherd, and know my sheep, and am known of mine. As the Father knoweth me, even so know I the Father, and I lay my, my uh, I lay down rather my life for the sheep. Uh, if a shepherd was really good at his job, he could manage about a hundred sheep, about a hundred sheep by himself, by himself. That's that's shepherding. I'm not talking about teaching now or or, or, or church building, but as far as shepherding, uh, if he was really good, he could handle a hundred sheep by himself. If his flock got bigger than that, then he'd have to hire some help, hireling, hire some help. Now listen, these sheep did not belong to the hireling. These sheep belonged to the shepherd. Uh, the, the shepherd had a love for, a care for his sheep. The hireling, man, it's just a job. It's just a job. The shepherd, he says, no, 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 these are my sheep. As a matter of fact, uh, those shepherds back then, they would even have pet names for their sheep. Uh, you know, they would name them according to maybe their appearance or, or an incident that took place. And uh, the, one of them would be, hey, this is brown, you know, brownie. Or this was, she's black. Or she's, uh, 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 you know, white-eared. Or, or this. Or, and that's how they would name them. Uh, and, and sometimes they would name all of them. Sometimes they wouldn't. But nonetheless, the shepherd knew his sheep. The hireling, man, he's just in it for the money. He's just in it for the pay. Uh, he's just in it to see what he can get out of it. Listen, uh, there will be church people that don't care about White Oak Baptist Church as much as you do. Y'all with me? There's going to be people that they're just not that invested. They're just not that, uh, you know, desirous to see the church grow and, and see people helped and blessed. That's okay. That's okay. You don't be that person. You be the one that's passionate. You be the one that's excited. You be the one that, man, if anything's going to happen, I'm going to make sure that I'm involved uh, and I'm there. I'm faithful. I'm blessing. I'm helping. I'm assisting. I'm doing all that I can to bless my sheep. And listen, it's okay to say, hey, they're my sheep. You don't have to necessarily call them that, but take ownership. Hey, these are your people. Hey, they're your people. They don't belong to you, but they're your people. You're the one blessing them. You're the one helping them. You're the one uh, providing for them. You're the one protecting them. You're the one being their spiritual watchman. Take ownership. They're your sheep. It needs to be your baby. Are y'all with me? Uh, there were times, there were times, man, when, when people in Sunday school classes would switch. I'm telling you, Brother Montoro, Pastor Montoro and I, we had people go from class to class to class to class. What is wrong with you? Make up your mind already. But that happens in churches, too. People leave this church and go across town, and they come back, and then they go over here, and then they come back, and then they go over there, and they come back. Listen, it happens. Yes, it hurts. Yes, it's personal because we're that invested. We care that much. Or at least we should. And it's okay. It's okay to be hurt on the inside. It's okay to, 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 to feel that pain. Listen, it's all right because that means you care. That means you care. The shepherd provides for the sheep. The shepherd protects the sheep. The shepherd personalizes the sheep. He loves them. Letter A, under point number three. The shepherd personalizes the sheep. And letter A, under point number three, he loves them. He loves them. Uh, it says in verse three, the tail end of verse three, he calleth his own sheep by name. He gives them special names. Uh, he, he, he knows them uh, by their uh, incidences. And I remember uh, Terry Roskelly. 
Terry and Karen Roskelly were members of our class in Baltimore. And uh, Terry Roskelly, who I knew for years and years and years, he wore glasses, you know. And, and one, one year he had a surgery. He had surgery, corrective uh, eye surgery. I can't remember exactly what it was. And, and he didn't have to wear glasses anymore. So he walks in the church, man, and I've never seen him without glasses. And so he walks in the church and he's got no glasses. And I say, whoa, look at you, buddy. You're Superman. You got 20-20 vision. That was just me being stupid, but that's me connecting with him. Ever since then, I called him Superman. Are y'all with me? At Terry Roscoe, he started wearing Superman's t-shirts to, to church, and I mean, he took it on, man. He's a Superman, you know, and that's what we do. Listen, if you're going to be a success in connecting with people, you got to love them. You got to go through stuff with them. You got to experience life uh, uh, as being a part of their circle of influence. Uh, They're family. They're not just pupils in a seat. They're family. He loves them. Uh, So the the shepherd uh, who knew his sheep, uh, he would he would uh, name his sheep. Listen, if we're going to shepherd a group of people, uh, we must spend time with the sheep. We must spend time with the sheep. You cannot be a good shepherd by proxy. You with me? You can't say, well, I'll teach you on Sunday, but so-and-so over here, he's going to do this. And uh, By the way, this is where activities are very, very important. Activities. I'm talking about stuff apart from uh, sitting in the auditorium, sitting in the classroom. I'm talking about getting together for barbecues. I'm talking about getting together for uh, football games, if you, you know, can stand each other. Amen? <laughs> Pastor Montoro and I, we, we were able to do that. We were... We would get together and agree not to be mean to each other. Anyway, uh, listen, get togethers, have events. I remember we would do, man, we had a fellow, uh, y'all remember Steve, uh, we had a fellow who was our, amen, <laughs> some good things and some not so good things. Anyway, he was our activities coordinator in our class. I mean, he would put stuff together like the price is right. This guy was insane. Man, he was great. I loved it. Man, we'd come to the church. He'd have this big, humongous wheel, and he'd have Plinko, and he'd have the, he'd have the, the, the wig, and he'd look like, uh, Richard, what's the guy that did, that did, uh, Richard? Richard Dawson. Uh, he would dress up like Richard Dawson, and man, it was the big deal. And people would come out to, and just have a good old time. There's people today that still have memories from those events that we did. Pastor Montreux did the same thing. He'd have events in his class, and there's people today, I guarantee you, that have fond memories of those events. Those were life-changing events in their life. you got to do those things. That's spending time with the sheep. That's getting to know the sheep. That's living life with the sheep. Uh, my pastor, our pastor at home would say, he read a book, I can't remember what, uh, uh, where and when, but he says, shepherds should smell like sheep. Why? Because we spend time with them. We're with them. We're intermingling. We're, we're spending uh, time with them, putting time, investing into their lives. Listen, we must be willing to do these things. We must love on the sheep. Let her be. And lastly, he not only loves the sheep, he leads the sheep. He leads the sheep. <clears throat> John chapter 10, verse number 4. And when he putteth forth his own sheep, he goeth before them. He goeth before them, he goeth before them, and the sheep follow him, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. He goeth before them, and the sheep follow him. Listen, if you're going to be a shepherd, if you're going to lead people, you got to lead. <laughs> That's pretty, rev- pretty revolutionary, isn't it? See, I told you, there was some smarts in here, amen? Uh, listen, if you're going to be a leader of a group of people, you got to lead. You gotta be out in front and say, hey, come on, follow me as I follow Christ. Hey, come to church with me. Hey, let's be faithful. Hey, let's give towards that building program. Hey, let's tithe. Hey, let's witness. Hey, let's invite people to church. Hey, come on, follow me as I... listen, the shepherd is not behind the sheep driving and pushing. Are you with me? Hey, you need to do this and you need to do that and you need to go there and you need to... that's not what we should do. We should, hey, come on, come on, let's follow the Lord. Hey, let's, let's obey. Hey, hey, let's submit to the pastoral leadership that God's given us. Man, aren't you glad we got a great pastor? Praise the Lord. I, I love our pastor and his family. Listen, let's lead the sheep. Don't drive. Don't push. Uh, if you were to see a, a shepherd today, maybe in, 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 in the land of Israel, more than likely they'd be walking along with their staff, sheep following in tow right behind. 
Sometimes they would be on the side uh, just to kind of maybe there was a cliff and he's protecting them from the cliff. Sometimes they'd be a little bit behind because maybe there's a straggler. Hey, hey, come on. Don't straggle. Come on. Get, get, get back in the flock. We have to be willing to do all that. Calling that person that hasn't been in church, sending them a letter, sending them an email, a text message, a postcard, something. Let them know you love them. Let them know you're missed or they're missed. Let them know that, hey, this family is not the same without you. Come on back, man. We miss you. Woe be unto us if people miss church for two months and they don't hear from us. Woe be unto us if people miss church for one month and they don't hear from us. Woe be unto us if people miss church for one week and they don't hear from us. I'm not saying there's a magic formula. The magic formula is this. Work hard. Obey God. Let him work through you and work hard. This is not for the faint of heart. Uh, this is not for, well, I just want a simple little thing. If I do this, is, uh, no, no, no. This is I'm going to work hard. I'm going to work uh, during my breaks. I'm going to work over. I'm going to do whatever it takes because this is that important. And what I say, listen, this is not about building White Oak Baptist Church, although it will. This is about adding that next person, that new name written down in glory. That's what it's about. That never dying soul. That never dying soul that, that's your coworker. That never dying soul that's your neighbor. That never dying soul that's your extended family member. That never dying soul that you run across uh, wherever you might happen to be. That person will spend eternity somewhere. Do you care? I believe you're here tonight because you do. Let's make sure if it's important enough, we will find a way. If it's not important, we'll find an excuse. That's how it works. It works in Stratford, Connecticut. That's how it works in Parishville, New York. That's how it works uh, uh, in uh, Westfield, right? Westfield, Massachusetts. That's how it works in Baltimore, Maryland. That's how it works in Orlando, Florida. That's how it works everywhere. If people want to do it bad enough, they will find a way. And if they don't want to do it, they'll find an excuse. Hey, let's quit with the excuses. Let's quit with the excuses. Let's serve the Lord, and let's allow him to use us to bless the sheep that he sends to White Oak Baptist Church. Let's bow together for word of prayer. Father in heaven, Lord, we do love you. Lord, we thank you. We thank you, Father, for the fact that we are not worthy to be used by Almighty God, by the creator of this universe. Lord, we realize that uh, you have ordained for us to reach the world, not angels. Uh, Lord, no one else but us. Lord, you alone can save the world, but Lord, you choose it not to do it alone. You choose to use us. We ask you, dear Father, that you would help us. Help myself. Help all of us that are here. Help Pastor Lejeune and, 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 and everyone here at White Oak Baptist Church. Lord, please help us to serve you with a fervency, with a desire and a passion and zeal. Lord, that can't be explained by mankind. Lord, we know you'll do a great work through us. Lord, Bless your sheep and bless those that are not part of the fold as of yet. Help us, Lord, to reach out to them and bless them as well. Lord, we love you and we thank you for this time together this evening. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's continue with our heads bowed and eyes closed. I know this was meant to be a workshop, not a sermon. But I feel as though the Lord is moving here tonight. And I'd like for us to just have a few moments of invitation where tonight we can commit. We can commit as the leaders of this church.